Welcome back, dude. You were severely missed. Now that's nothing. Good neg- morning. Nothing negative against Connor, by the way. To be clear, Connor did a really good job, um, but you were you were very missed. It's I'm a creature of habit. I think most of us are right. And whenever the person that either you work next to every single day, or that you, in our case, talk to for three hours every single day, isn't there, throws a bit of a wrench into things. But I'm glad you're back. How was the vacation and the return of Josh Helmer to the show? It was great. Needed that week. Feel good. Feel refreshed. There's so much going on with OU when you just think about what is going on with Oklahoma golf. And Correct. Of course, we've got a Big 12 tournament championship for baseball. Back into the Women's College World Series. Got some kickoff times, which is exciting. The kickoff time conversation it kind of took us a day to get into it to be honest I don't remember something something got in the way last week I'm sure knowing me it was probably softball related but the kickoff time conversation was it really got a little bit wonky I can't think of any other way to put it it got a little bit side road because somehow it ended up deteriorating into everybody hating every single time that a college football game can start at. In fact, I was, <laughs> I was looking right before the show started. I was looking for the uh, interview we did on Friday with the grassroots people. And it was really cool to see all the pictures from those of you who went out and had a chance to meet Johnny Bench this weekend. And uh, thanks to the crew over at grassroots and their PR people who are thorough. And maybe part of the reason why we, maybe part of the reason why we didn't get into the, uh, we didn't get to the start time debate on time is because I was still bitter about ESPN emailing me that they're going to pass on an interview to talk with their reporter on the Jocelyn Allo coverage. I think we're going to pass for now. Like f you. Maybe that was part of it. And then Matt so thorough. I mean, eighty six phone calls later, we have this interview. But anyway, point being. I was I was digging through the show on Friday, and we ended up going pretty in-depth on start times on Friday, and I was laughing because we were reading text messages where everyone had a complaint about every single start time it seemed. Every single one. 2.30 is going to be so hot yeah. for the opener. It's like, man, why are we starting a game at 2.30? It's going to be ridiculous. And then you realize, oh, he was so close to being out at the home plate last night. So I'm watching the Dodger highlights. I fell asleep during that game too. Um, but it's it's wild, Josh, because I find myself in a very selfish mindset when it comes to talking about start times because I don't mind 11 a.m. start times. And I kind of and I dig him across the board, but I know, I know in my heart of hearts, it's not, it's not fair. Me sitting here and saying eleven a.m. is a great shut up, deal with it. Everyone's got their reasons. Everyone's, everyone's got their reasons. So I'll, I'll table that conversation for later in this week. How's that sound? Neither because game. it's it's evergreen. It's evergreen. Neither home game is an 11 a.m. kick, which that's really the important part. Oh, yeah. I mean. If it's in Lincoln and it's at 11, so be it. Actually, that's for your guys. You really like that on the road. But, you know, local commerce, when that is impacted by the 11 a.m. kick is what 
is really the worst. I know, I know that fans don't like having to get up and tailgate and do all of that early, but I hate it when local businesses don't get the same turnout because of the 11 a.m. kick, and we avoided that so far. 20, like 25-year-old Chris Plank, if he was on the road doing OU sidelines, would probably have a big problem with 11 a.m. kicks. Maybe even 30-year-old Chris Plank. Maybe even 33-year-old Chris Plank. 47-year-old Chris Plank? 11 a.m. Let's go. I'm up anyway. Didn't sleep the night before because I'm old. Indigestion for that dinner that Gabe picked out for us. Let's go. Heartburn. I'm ready. I'm ready for football. But in the same vein, Josh, this is this is the best week. What I know for some of y'all, you're just getting and, – and I feel like I say this every week. There's different stages of people getting into – the the college softball world there's those who are diehards from day one right there's there's day one you're in you're with me on the road you're checking in on twitter you're calling this show you're texting this show you're in from day bleeping one there's those that all right i'm big basketball i'm gonna i'll get in around conference season Right? And then you get in in conference season. Though I don't, to be fair, and I don't I don't know if I see much of that. I'll see more of the postseason, right? All of a sudden we get past the Big 12 tournament or maybe past pre-Bedlam. How's that? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this is the OU-OSU softball series I'm in. Then there's those of you when it's the regionals. There's those of you when it's the super regionals. And then there's this other faction that is all about championships. And today might be the first day they've watched golf all year or followed golf all year. And Thursday might be the first time they've caught an OU softball game all season long. It's just that's the reality of it. And so when I say one of the best weeks of the year, I understand that's very subjective. But for me personally, in my life, in my career, in in kind of where my focus is right now and the the direction things have gone, unless the Las Vegas Raiders are playing in the Super Bowl and anything non-college football related, right? OU opening the season, OU playing in in a bowl game that has championship stakes. This is the greatest week of the year. And thank you. NCAA for finally making it a week because nothing and more. My biggest complaint always with the Women's College World Series was how rushed and crammed it always seemed. And I get it. You know, part of that is is TV and and part of that is just that's the way it's always been. It's what we do. I get it. I'm not sitting here saying it should have been like this forever. But as sports evolve and as they grow, you start realizing they deserve the same treatment. This sport specifically deserves the same treatment as is given to, say, college baseball with its schedule. Now, again, I don't need to get into a baseball-softball debate. We're all in a baseball high, and I'm going to talk about the Big 12 championship because I was all in this week, and I loved it. Had the the ref app out. Was listening to Toby, and it was great. It was it was fun to see. But it, it, I, I like how some people are want to make it some sort of baseball versus softball debate. You can love both. It's it's fine. You can. I can wear a visor to a baseball game and not get judged, and vice versa. But 
I'm really glad the NCAA and ESPN sat down and came up with a schedule that makes sense. And I'll be honest with you, getting to this point has been one of the most confusing things. And, and listen, I, I get a little lucky because I'm calling games for Westwood One, and Westwood One is doing every game of the College World Series. So, for instance, on Thursday, uh, you'll have one crew that does our morning session. So at Texas, UCLA is the first game. We're the second game. And then after our game is over, I shift it down the hall and I do the two night games. So I've been privy to a lot of conversations. And, I mean, even some of the Westwood One people were in the dark about certain things and cross-bracketing and things of that nature. So the way that it's set up now is fantastic. When you win, boy, why did I just hit puberty? When you win, the reward should be a day off. Now, NBA, this is where we need to have a talk. It shouldn't be a week off between the end of your games and the start of your finals, but that's a as as USC Brian would say, that's another story for another show. But I'm so happy now that the Thursday game, the opener, the four games we get on Thursday, if you win, you don't have to turn around and play that next day. If you win, you get a day off, you get to rest, and then you get back at it on Saturday. And you kind of have a Saturday moving day, which I think is just fantastic. Now, I I won't lie to you, I haven't had a chance to debrief with Patty Gasso. Coach might say, um... I'd rather play right away. I'd ra- I liked it how it was to where if you played on Thursday and you win, you get a chance to play on Friday. But I, I kind of I dig the way that it's set up. I really do. And cross-bracketing is still a thing. I got to the bottom of that confusion because there were m- many that thought, and in fact one of the first brackets that was sent out for the Women's College World Series – didn't include any cross-bracketing in it. And for those that aren't aware, if you lose your first game, let's say, and I'm going to be very homeristic here, let's say Oklahoma beats up on Northwestern and Texas beats UCLA. The loser of that UCLA-Northwestern game is done. The winner then will cross over to the other side of the bracket and play the loser of the second-round game that's in that same area of the bracket. College softball has always done it. This year, this year, there was this understanding by many that it was done, that cross-bracketing was done, um, that administrators and people involved didn't like it, and they were going to – they're going to eliminate it. Well, as I found out this weekend, Josh – Apparently, there was a misunderstanding over the wording in a memo, and it literally was kind of just rectified as the postseason started. (laughs) It literally was one of those where you got into conference play and enough people started talking about it to where NCAA reps were like, oh, wait, hold on. That's not what we're doing here. But as far as the schedule is concerned, dude, I – I love it. I absolutely dig now that you've added in rest days. Nothing really seems forced. Nothing really seems crammed in here. You got it, it, it doesn't 
you know, we'll see. Maybe some say, well, this is kind of dragging out a little bit. I, I mean, that's for us to, I guess, find out. But at least on the schedule side of things, I won't lie to you, I'm pretty excited about the way that it's, play, uh, that it's played out. Well, it's June, so it is the month or two here where it's okay to drag things out just a little bit, scrape our feet some. I, I would imagine that Coach Gasso kind of digs that yeah. there's the, the rest days mixed in there now. Maybe not you know, 10, 15 years ago, but I think now – just the the rest recovery you know element, Oklahoma's gotten even more advanced in that regard. So if you – the most perfect path for Oklahoma. And here we are, you know, 15 minutes into the show, and just in talking about the brackets, we haven't even kind of touched on the games from this week. And, in fact, my sit-down with Coach Gasso is coming up this morning at 10 a.m. If Let's just say the most perfect path for Oklahoma. They would play, and I'm going with higher seeds here. They would play after beating Northwestern. Texas. Ooh, that's not the higher seed. I was going higher seed, but I'll take Texas. They'll play Texas on Saturday at 3 o'clock. And, uh, I mean, that, that would be the good path for Oklahoma. <laughs> and by the way, that's 3 Eastern, so 2 Central time. So that game's on ABC, which I think if anything that I've actually got right so far was the idea that we're going to see some ABC games in this tournament, which I think is huge for college softball. Oklahoma versus either Texas or UCLA will get that ticket. Huge draw. You're playing essentially to not have to worry about playing on Sunday. So if you win your first two games, you get Sunday off, which Sunday used to be the fight for your life. Now you're – clinching game would be on that Monday and it would be a noon start and actually I think in this an 11 a.m. start so the best case scenario for the Sooners Thursday win 130 Northwestern Saturday win two o'clock against either Texas or UCLA and then Monday against gosh what could be a myriad of teams right you could go down to the opposite side of the bracket. You could see an Arizona, an OSU, an Oregon State, or a Florida in that game on, on Monday. And then you the interesting thing about that Monday, Josh, is now those if necessary games, the only day, the only day right now, if you kind of handle your business and win your first two day, games, the only day you have to worry about a doubleheader is potentially on Monday. And the championship series is now Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And weather pending, all games are in prime time. Including a rather interesting 6.30 start kind of thrown in there in the middle on Thursday. But there's the bracket. We're playing early in that early session. Not the first game like last year. UCLA-Texas at 11 a.m. Oklahoma-Northwestern at 1.30. Then we get a little bit of a break before Florida-Oregon State at 6 o'clock on Thursday night, and then Oklahoma State and Arizona at 8.30. If you lose your opener, you would play on Friday at 6, and then the evening session games are Friday at 8.30. If you win, it's Saturday. So let's go. Would you like to take a stab at reseeding this thing? Absolutely. Because what? We got five of the eight were in the top 
16. There were surprises. Arkansas, Florida State, Virginia Tech not getting here. Tennessee, Alabama for others, neither one making it is a big deal. I think it's fair to say that not that UCLA or Oklahoma State or whoever of these teams isn't capable of beating OU and winning this national championship. It feels like going in, Oklahoma's more of a favorite based on the way the rest of the bracket played out leading up to the Women's College World Series. So I'm curious how how you look at sort of the seeding going into this. I mean, obviously, not that that is a direct factor. It's not. But who's who's the threat here for Oklahoma? Well, Northwest, can I be a dork? Can I be literal Chris right now? Northwestern. Danielle Williams. Bro, she threw 400 pitches this weekend. It's a good team. And Michelle Gascoigne has coached against Coach Gasso before. Uh, it seems weird to me, though, because these two teams played in the Super a couple years ago. It just... I don't know. I don't. I, it, I didn't. This sounds terrible. I didn't think they were very good, but I've said this before. I've got to. I've got to find myself. It's funny. I usually rely on my guy, like say a DJ Gasso, who is one of the best dudes on the planet, and like I would turn to him and say, "All right, I'm gauging everyone based on what I see with Oklahoma this year." So in my comparisons. I watch Oklahoma, and I compare them to, say, a Northwestern. So I'm watching this game last night, or Sunday night between Northwestern and Oklahoma. and or Excuse me, Northwestern and Arizona State. I'm like, gosh, Oklahoma's going to smoke both of these teams. But then you got to stop and realize, uh, okay, we, we've seen a pitcher kind of get on a roll. And this is a Danielle Williams at. Yeah, we absolutely have lit up in the past, but that was also in the past. But I, I, I think it goes down to their their two biggest threats are uh, the, the two teams that they can play in the second round. Texas is beating them, and UCLA is getting better this year. So to me, you know, I would I would rely on it was, you know what. Let's see if we can get DJ on the show this week, right? He's seen everyone in this tournament field this this year as a hitting coach at Utah. Kind of go through, who is the biggest threat? And you definitely don't want to take the scenic route this year. I don't think you want to find yourself where you're having to play because you want to go through the scenic route real quick? You're really going to keep yourself busy. You lose that first game. You then turn around and play on Friday. If you win on Friday, you get Sunday or you get Saturday off, which – Sucks. That day off whenever everyone that's won is playing. But you're still alive, right? Uh, then you got to turn around and play on Sunday. Then you got to play twice on Monday. So it's, I mean, it's a beast if you end up losing that first game. Yeah, that's not what we want. Right, don't but wanna, Don't want to go that route. You know, I, I just get this sense that Oklahoma is better than every team in this, it, all the, the other seven teams in this field. Agreed. Arizona kind of scares me because they got, they're got they hot right now, but they were 0-9 in conference playing. Listen, no offense to Mississippi State. That was a nice series they had over over um, Florida State. Man, I, that looked like two teams that were on different levels, man. So when you ask who's my biggest concern, it's their first two games. you know, And, and it's either opponent they could see in the second round or the Northwestern. 
Uh, you want to get some baseball when we get back? Absolutely. And everything that you missed. We haven't even talked about the turn. Are they the games this weekend? And we've got golf going on as we speak. Sooners very early in their matchup against Arizona State out of Greyhawk Golf Club. Uh, Patrick Welch, Drew Goodman, and Chris Goderup all on the course. Um, Goderup is down to Summer Hayes. He's uh, down two through three. But Goodman and Welch all up in their matches. We'll keep tabs on this all morning long with the Plank Show. I will say there are certain things that are very frustrating, but I kind of low-key dig the conversation. Because I feel like it makes everyone a little bit more educated. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Ref, Hour 1, as always, is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. 405-735-1167, vhfence.com. Those conversations for me, Josh, center around selection committees and decisions that are made. And, listen, we, I mean, we could talk all day about softball. Did I make that clear, by the way? The cross-bracketing happens if you lose after being in the second game. You win your first game. So you win and then lose and would flip to the opposite right. side of the Did bracket. I make that clear? I, I think I did. There was a little bit of confusion between me and one very smart person on the super-secret Textosa line. But in other words, if Oklahoma and UCLA meet in the second round, if UCLA loses, <clears throat> win – UCLA loses, they would go to the bottom side of the bracket and play the winner of the loser from the Florida right. to Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Arizona game. Did I say that right? I just sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a long time ago. It was last segment, but in case I didn't, I just want to make that very clear. It's clear now. I was listening to Mike Buddy last night, the director of athletics for Arm. I guess yesterday afternoon, and two things on baseball here, real quick. Um, I do not understand the need to announce regional sites while games are still taking place on Sunday. It's ridiculous. And and I don't I I've never really had it understood or explained to me why. I I mean maybe this is a conversation where I need to bug a, a Greg Tipton or or maybe Natalie Davis. Do you need that extra time to get the facility ready? I no. Mean, I'd I, imagine it's just to drum up a little bit more excitement for the actual bracket itself getting unveiled the next day. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's – you shouldn't be announcing regional sites until the conference champion, tournament championships are over. Well, not only not only that – oh, that missed by Goddard up the other day. Just gut-wrenching. I'm watching – um, Golf Channel hasn't shifted to live coverage of what's going on right now. They're re-airing yesterday, and they're showing Goddard up's missed putt. Oh, dude, gut-wrenching. But I guess my point is I understand that everyone kind of tries different things to try to drum up some sort of excitement and some sort of buzz for it. But literally the only – you, you knew who was in. They announced, what, the 33 uh, at-large bids. They announced those teams. Then they announced – they had already announced the – the regional host, so you're just kind of waiting to see where you end up going, right? I mean, that's just – I mean, do it all at once or just literally when you announce, hey, these are the 33, 34 teams that are in, so uh, – and here's where they're going. <laughs> I, I was enraged. And everyone's kind of up in arms in the Sooner Nation of Oklahoma not hosting, but there's also a 
Josh, there's also a pretty big controversy over a team that was in the, the World Series last year that didn't even get in. I mean, Mississippi State didn't deserve to be in this year. But North Carolina State getting snubbed was wow. I mean, that was up there in the shock of all shocks. Yeah, what was their RPI? Um, I don't know their RPI off the top of my head. I've got all their numbers here. They they dinged them for their strength of schedule, which was 181. Oh, you're, you're getting it real quick. Was 181, their non-conference strength of schedule. And they were 4-6, and six, uh, their ACC series record, 4-6 uh, four and six with only one of those series wins being over a team that made the tournament. Wow, they were 33rd? <laughs> they were 33rd yeah, and I th- didn't get in? I thought Rutgers got a really raw deal, too, out of the Big Ten. I mean, clearly there was no respect for the committee from the committee for the Big Ten. And Rutgers, I get it, strength of schedule metrics, non-conference strength of schedule, mm. 42nd in the RPI, and they went 44-15 and 15 this season. But, 17-7 and seven in Big Ten play, and all they did was win their first three games in the Big Ten tournament and then lose in the championship game, mm-hmm. but that wasn't enough to get them in. So ridiculous. The North Carolina State thing is pretty – I mean, listen, it doesn't involve us. So you can just look at it, shake your head. It's kind of hilarious. Enraging is the fact that Oklahoma isn't hosting. So here is what the selection committee chair said yesterday during the selection show whenever he was asked about it. Littering and – Littering and Oklahoma won the Big 12 tournament championship. The regional hosts are announced as that game is going on. Those in Norman might say, did, did that even matter what we did? What do you say to that? Yeah, certainly a challenge, right? In the, in the Pac-12, you know, fortunately, Oregon State and Stanford had yeah. separated themselves because that game hadn't even, they hadn't even started warming up their pitchers yet um, when, the, when the seeds were due. So we did have a very candid discussion. We were well, of that, well aware of that. Um, we discussed that uh, at length, just saying, would it affect the way that we see these top 16? Should Oklahoma win this Big, Ten cha- Big 12 championship by 20 runs? Uh, and the committee got to a point where we felt we liked the 16 uh, and agreed that, that Oklahoma uh, fell just short of, of getting into that 16. But certainly not ideal, but, uh, but again, it's something that, that we talked through. We made sure that we considered every angle, and, and we landed where we landed. Then why do you do it? If it's not ideal, why do you do it? Why not take the time? If you're, so, you, if Oklahoma won that game 20-0 yesterday, I mean, it matters, y'all. But in the eyes of the committee, the people who are challenged and charged with making the decisions, it's like, nah, All right, here's our 16 teams. We don't care. You want to devalue your game do S like this consistently, and nothing devalues it more. Come on, Plank, you're being naive. You're being naive. This happens in every single sport. Maybe so. Don't make it right. When people try to sell you that every game matters, you respond to them with, no, it absolutely does not. And if you can tell me that a – and I don't know how strong. Where was I? I just had the bracket in front of me. I, I guess Texas was pretty strong, based on my reactions on Twitter from posting the video of the horns down after the final out of that game. Uh, Texas fans were feeling pretty confident that they were going to end up hosting anyway. But I mean, you get if you can honestly sit there and say losing twenty to zero wouldn't change anything. 
I mean, come on, man. I just I got to call BS. I'm mad about this. I'm like sports mad about this. And we could debate whether or not at the core Oklahoma truly deserved to to host a regional. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend as if I follow the, the baseball RPI like Toby and, and Tip and Coach Johnson do all season long, but it's just – it's frustrating to basically be told that a game that you're playing in doesn't matter. And that's what Oklahoma was told with its Big 12 championship game. Well, and the Big 12 screwed this up a little bit too. There's no reason that game couldn't take place in the afternoon. I think that was a TV thing. I think ESPNU was trying – which might, how can you – if you're – I'm just saying, if you're a, a network, I love that you're putting college baseball on, but I don't know how you can set times for anything because that, you've got college baseball games that are as likely to go two and a half hours as they are likely to go six hours. See that UCLA game this weekend? It was like 25 to 20. Yeah, that, that was wild. I mean, it's just, I don't know how you do it anyway. And I think they wanted to have, what well, they had, the, a, the ACC or the AAC in the morning. They had the, the um, Pac-12. Then you had the Big 12. I it's just okay. Well, that makes sense. I think that was a T. I think it was a TV thing. Not ideal, right? But now, I mean, if because when we had this with the NCAA basketball, boy, we're really going long here. I'm sorry. Um, as as Jesse put up on as Jesse G put on the Air Comfort Solutions text line last week, you never know what you're going to get with this show. You could end up getting a 20 minute podcast like segment. Or a 30-second interlude. We're headed towards a 30-second interlude at the top of the hour. But what did the what did a lot of the basketball tournaments do whenever it quickly became understood that playing a game on Sunday is not going to do anything for you when it comes to helping seeding or getting teams Move in. the tournament up They today. move the tournament up a day. Maybe this is something now, if you're the Big 12 or any of these Big 10 even, that you need to stop and look at. And maybe we need to move this up a day or at least move our start times up. Do something. You know, the tough thing, though, with baseball and doing that is – It's already so dragged out, right? Well, I I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, it is. But if you move it up, are you taking teams' opportunity to throw their number one guy straight away? Sure. I mean, are you taking that from them, which – if you're really going into a tournament setting, you want it to line up one, two, three in terms of your starters. So mm. it's it's not the same as Big 12 basketball where you can easily move it up a day Good and, point. okay, maybe you lose one rest day or whatever, but you're, you're not losing your top three-point shooter and your point guard or your best postman for the day. Touche, salesman. Touche. All right, 9.39. We haven't taken our back bottom of the hour break yet. Let's do it here. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit more from Skip Johnson. There is, I guess you could say, some breaking news in the college football world because I was going through old tweets today trying to find when Toby went on his rant, getting people fired up about college baseball and and, and saying don't give up on this OU team. And I saw the uh, tweet from a couple weeks ago where I said, is, is our pods the future of college football and, and conferences? Apparently not. We'll explain next. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Quick update on the men's golf in the match play. Love this. This is my favorite part. Let's get it on the uh, 
Golf Channel. Coverage starts at what time? 11 or something? We get it in hour, in one hour and 15 minutes from my mark. Three, two, one. Mark. Uh, Drew Goodman is playing well. He's three up through five. Team Campbell Jr. off to a good start. One up through two. Got her up struggling a little bit. Uh, the other two matches are tied. Yeah, so got her up's got two. the firepower to flip that He's thing fine. on its head, though. Yeah. Gosh, it was gut-wrenching to watch that. I'm re-watching it right now on the Golf Channel. It's kind of nice to not have Skip Bayless yelling in my TV this morning. Thank you, Golf Channel, for at least putting something on. So I've been a big proponent as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. We're going to – see, today is Monday. So we're going to share – But and Josh is back. We have so much to catch up on. I feel like at like 10.30 this morning we need to have let's catch up with Josh to kind of see what we missed. Right? Just kind of earmark out a segment to where we can go back over all the things that we missed your opinion on last week. Because you okay. missed a lot. Yeah. You missed a lot. But I do – I have my sit-down with Coach Gasso, and it was on the field right after the game. It's pretty good. I, I didn't see how long it was. I want to say it's about seven minutes or so. But it's – you know, they're – they're pretty optimistic about Jordy being ready to go. And, you know, maybe maybe you're gearing that towards your second game. But I've always been of the opinion if she can go, she's going to go. So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit next hour. But I've been a big proponent of the pod system as we think about the future of Oklahoma athletics. Right When we think about OU and Texas headed to the SEC in either 24 or 25, Josh, I am a huge believer in, in pots. I thought it was going to be awesome. Or 23. But it's dead. D-E-E-D, dead. According to Ross Dellinger this morning, as part of the SEC meetings in Destin, the conversation about the future of the league and the scheduling model is at the top of the debate chart, if you will. You've got NIL, NCAA transformation, and of course, the future scheduling model. According to reports, pods have been eliminated from discussion. Most field divisions are out. ADs seem split on the two future scheduling models, an eight game, which is one permanent, seven rotating, or a nine game, three permanent, six rotating, which is kind of similar to what the what the ACC looked like. Yeah, with what that, they're laying. That's out. the route. That's the one. OU and Texas are not represented at the meetings. Their ADs have attended SEC AD gatherings in the past, so. They know their stance. It's not as if everyone's coming together and having a conversation and then it's like, all right, so we decided this. What do you guys think? Their opinions have been made, known, and understood. So Oklahoma and Texas have been able to give their thoughts on which works for them. I don't – I mean, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. I just – I don't really know – what you would look at and say that's that's what we want, right? I don't know if there's one that, and I I'd love to just see if you're listening to me. You got the super secret text doso line. You can check in anytime you want, but I don't. 
I don't know if there is one for either OU or Texas, and you look at it and you say, that's what we want, right? Because, and again, I, I still say pot-esque, but to me, you know, with three and six, that seems, because you have a, a group of teams that you constantly are playing against, right? Well, three and six makes the most sense because you play everybody every other year, and that's the goal is to get to that point where you play every team in the conference at least every other year, and you host them once every four years. Now, this is not going to be the conversation that people talk about on national radio and on Sports Center, or probably anywhere else, because everyone's going to be all about Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher being in the same room together. But this is, as far as the future of this league and as far as Oklahoma is concerned, this is the most important conversation that's taken place. Who cares about Jimbo and Nick Nick Saban? Which not not going the pods route is hurts is, me. Well, it's interesting, though, and maybe ideal for some teams to where you're not locked into that pod. Certain teams can have different permanent opponents. It's more difficult. It's not as straightforward to set up that way. There's more thinking involved, but it probably winds up with a result where more schools are happier with what ultimately their Mm 3-6 designation looks like. Update from the men's golf championship as we go to break. Oklahoma up 2-1 on Arizona State. Two matches are all square, and they're approaching the turn in one of those all square matches between Welch and Anderson. They're even through six. It's the Plank Show. I'm going to uh, share top of the hour, 10.05 a.m. Spread the word. Patty Gasso, our one-on-one, which will hit the Sooner Sports podcast later today along with our post-game on the field, which was fun. Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. When did you get back? Did you, were you gone like all the way up until yesterday? or No, I, I was back on Sunday. So had a cool couple of days to settle back in, which was important. Nice. I, uh, this whole weekend is like a blur. I'm not even kidding. And I'm sure I've called today Monday like a thousand times. Feels like Monday. It does. But I just, this whole week was crazy. And I loved it from having a super regional game on a Friday afternoon and then it being done on Saturday, all the celebration, a Sunday kind of off. And, you know, you're watching all the baseball. We're sitting there. We had the we had the ref app and we're listening to Toby while, while kind of watching it on TV too. It was and then yesterday, is like, wait, did we really have a day off yesterday? Did I tell you I started to drive in yesterday? You really did? No, I really did. I'm not kidding. I did. So, I mean, obviously, I, holidays, days off for me like that are when I can make a little extra coin because, thankfully, I'm in that rotation on, on Mad Dog and Fox Sports Radio where I can sit in. And so I sat in and did the early, early morning show, Josh, on Mad Dog Radio. I did their 5 to 8 a.m. show. And when we were done, I was like, oh, I turned on our app because there was a part of me that I don't know if I ever really got it confirmed. I thought Connor and I kind of joked about not having a show on Monday, but I couldn't remember if we confirmed it or not. And listen, I came from a time before I moved down here, and I think if Pop's listening, he can attest to it, where there was like no days off. Like if you... It's like you're taking the Monday off of Memorial Day with everything that's going on in sports. You're going to lose ground to your comp. You need to be in here. Your competition's off. Why are you off? And 
So we would always work on on Memorial Day and Martin Luther King Jr. Day and other you know significant holidays. And I, listen, I have a hard time calling Memorial Day a holiday because it is a remembrance, right? It's right. People that say Happy Memorial Day, I'm like, we're honoring those who passed. Now I think this is a somber day. Um, but I I didn't know, and so I I turned on the app, and it was Toby and TJ. I was like, ah. Oh, Dang it! I better get going here. I gotta get over there. So I made. I started making another cup of coffee. I was already dressed, and then I really started dialing into the conversation. I realized, oh, I've heard this before. This is, this is taped. This is their conversation from the caravan last week. We're off, and then I then I kind of realized. Listen, if we are in, I can simply walk out to the studio and do the show from home. So panic was averted. Though I did see two snakes around my property this weekend, so I will be burning down my house when I get home today. Dude, snakes. No. Don't need them. No. No. All right. Sooner State 2-1-2 in their showdown with Arizona State at the Greyhawk Golf Club. We'll keep you up to date all day long right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. When we come back, though, Patty Gasson.